Hello and welcome to Succeed Through Speaking, the place for experts and entrepreneurs who want high-value ideas to boost business results. Hello, I'm Tom Bailey and in today's speaker stories episode, I'll be getting to know Chad E. Foster, who is an author, a keynote speaker and a workshop facilitator. And having lost his eyesight at the young age of 21, he now helps his audiences to transform their adversity into advantage. So Chad, hello and a very warm welcome to today's episode. Thanks, Tom. Pleasure to be here. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. And just to have interest for all of our listeners, whereabouts in the world are you right now? I live on the eastern side of the United States in Atlanta, Georgia. Excellent. Thanks so much for sharing. And just to share as well, I know that you've also recently published a book called Blind Ambition and are currently very much in demand delivering your high impact keynotes to large global audiences um, currently. So today I really wanted to talk to you about your experiences and challenges that you faced as a speaker. First question is... Were you always a natural-born, confident speaker, or is it really a skill you've had to develop over the previous few years? Yeah, I think the short answer is I never really wanted to be a uh, a person in front of large crowds. Mm-hmm. And so I was always a confident person yeah. amongst small groups, you know, talking amongst friends and things. I was never shy. The larger the group, though, I would say there was a sense of nervousness that would kick in anything Mm -hmm. over, I don't know, 15 to 20 to 30 people. And I remember in college at university, we took a had a public speaking class and, you know, I was terrified of speaking Mm -hmm. like like a lot of people. And in fact, until I had this tipping point moment, um, I I think of it sort of as my ignite moment. I wasn't comfortable facing down the fear. So I was the kind of person who would avoid speaking in public simply because Mm. it wasn't that I wasn't a good speaker. I was a good speaker. I was just nervous, like a lot of us getting Mm. up in front of, you know, hundreds of thousands of people and taking the microphone with all eyes on you. It can be intimidating, right? And there are a lot of people out there, you know, they, they say people are more scared of public speaking than they are of dying. So they would literally rather be the person in the box than the person delivering the eulogy. Which Absolutely. Is pretty telling. Yeah, no, and I can really, really resonate with, with a lot of that. So you mentioned college, you mentioned, you know, the, this tipping point for you. Mm-hmm. What, what's kind of your earliest memory of having to stand up and speak about your story? So obviously you said, you know, we said you'd lost your sight at age 21. When did you really start talking about that in front of audiences? Well, you know, look, from time to time, people would tell me that I'd inspired them on my journey. Mm-hmm. So this, you know, I was 21 years old when I lost my eyesight. I went on to have a, a successful corporate career. Never really thought much about the unusual nature of my journey. Like I said, mm-hmm. from time to time, people would tell me that I'd inspired them. And that usually happened when I was just trying to get to my next goal in life. So I never really took any of that seriously. Yeah. Until I had an experience while I was at Harvard Business School and it was there. So my my company that I was working for at the time, and this was, you know, back in 2015, so seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so late 30s, right? So 17 years had gone by, 18 years had gone by since I'd gone blind. And I brought in a lot of business for the company, over $45 billion in contracts as wow. a pricing strategist. And so they said, hey, you brought in a lot of business for us. What can we do for you? And 
mm-hmm. for some crazy reason i said send me to harvard and for some crazier reason they said <laughs> okay yeah so they agreed and they financed that and, and funded me to go there and an interesting thing happened when i was there i was studying with bill george who teaches about true north leadership authentic mm-hmm. leadership and he's the former chair and ceo of medtronic he's now an executive fellow at Harvard. I was actually with him yesterday at an event here in Atlanta promoting his new book, Emerging uh, Leader Edition of, of True North. Really phenomenal leader. And in fact, when he was there at Medtronic, you know, their market capitalization grew by 600%, um, wow. uh, 60 times, excuse mm-hmm. me, 60 times. It went from 1 billion to 60 billion. So really from phenomenal leader. To get to the point, you know, he had you know, he was, he always teaches about how you can mine your life for things that presented you some challenges yeah. that um, you can transform into opportunities to help people. And that really was something that resonated with me. I'd never really tried to do anything with my story. And it was there at Harvard, actually, that, you know, these seeds were sown mm-hmm. that I should yeah. do more with my story. And I was elected to speak at our graduation. So you know, the, I ended up giving a little talk there. It was a 12-minute talk. I had this this unusual feeling that I was going to be elected even before I was nominated. And so yeah. I prepared for it. Incredible. I had someone mentor me for it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I gave a, a short little 12-minute talk that, that blew people away. And it, it blew me away. I, I saw firsthand how much I could help people. And, um, you know, I was really nervous, obviously. Yeah. I'm getting up in front of 250 fellow executives at Harvard Business School talk about not cutting your teeth and, and getting used to speaking in front of crowds. So mm-hmm. I definitely felt some pressure to perform. So I was nervous. But what powered me through it, Tom, what got me through it was focusing on the benefit I could bring to other people. And yeah. so I tried to focus more on that than on sort of the the anxiety that was building mm-hmm. up inside of me. Great. Love that. Really sh- shifting the perspective from me to what I can deliver in terms of value for this audience. That's right. If you remember back to delivering that that graduation speech, and you know you stood up there, could you feel the energy in the room? Could you feel that you were inspiring people? Could you, you like feel that kind of um, reflecting back on you? Oh, absolutely! Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know, being totally blind, right? I can't see the looks on people's faces, mm-hmm. but you can certainly you can feel the energy coming back at you. And in mm-hmm. fact, it's one of those things now. You know, as a professional speaker, this is what I do. many 50 60 times a year yeah and what a difference it is giving a virtual talk versus a face-to-face talk you know we all came through COVID and there were a lot of virtual talks and I love to speak and I love to help people but it it really energizes me to do Mm -hmm. the face-to-face when you're doing a virtual talk you don't feel the energy coming back at you like you do when you're in front of a crowd and it's really energizing as a speaker. Yeah, and I, you know, I can't resonate with this, but I'm assuming that you know your other senses are amplified in the room, so you can hear the movement in people's chairs and the energy. Oh, yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah, you pay more attention to it that that evening in particular. And in fact, there's a really poor video out there on YouTube that someone shot with their YouTube, uh, <laughs> yeah. or excuse me, with their iPhone and, yeah. and put it on YouTube. And you could hear at the beginning of my talk, you can hear the cutlery and the the clanking around because it was right after dinner, mm-hmm. which is not advisable from a speaking standpoint, <laughs> no. but it was a graduation ceremony. Yeah. But you could hear, and I pay attention to this, the further I get into my talk, there's just, when I'm in between stories, 
dead dead silence right mm. because everybody is just really listening attentive, attentively yeah exactly yeah. which is yeah. that's when you know you're you're on the right path i love this it's almost like you, you kind of got the bug you know for speaking at, at that point and and that really you know it's made made things move more towards you now going into this this journey as a, as a speaker so i just want to just talk yeah. about that next step then so obviously you got the bug you stood up and you felt that energy did you then go proactively looking for more speaking gigs or did people come to you? I would say um, I I started looking and mm-hmm. it, I guess it was both people yeah. who attended that particular event, you know, they remembered that and they were mm-hmm. so impacted by that, that they, they came back to me, my classmates, but I started looking for them as well. And I realized, you know, that, that was a 12 minute talk to be mm-hmm. a, high impact speaker, I need more than 12 minutes of speaking content. I need at least, you know, 55 minutes, 45, 60 minutes, because that's where most keynote sessions are. So I spent the next probably four to six months working on my first keynote. And Mm -hmm. it took a lot of time to come up with the right content. And then, of course, I've refined that over the years as well and developed new content and different programs. So I have you know, my signature talk, which is Blind Ambition, yeah. the same name of my book, but I also have a program on diversity. I have a program on comfort zones. I have workshops on how to build more resilience. And so I started building content, but yeah, I, I didn't really know at that time how to connect the dots between what I had to say and people who wanted to hear it. And so mm-hmm. for the first several years of me speaking, it was a lot of word of mouth, people who had heard me speak referred me to have other people you know bring me in and, and have me speak there right it sounds like there's quite a lot of advice because a lot of people that listen to this podcast are um let's call them aspiring speakers so the advice i'd take from that is is you know you need to take the time to develop that first keynote choose your topic create some great content um and then like you said really just get yourself out there because that all built build into referrals build into word of mouth and ultimately, right. yeah, it should start the ball rolling as such from a speaking perspective. Yeah, I think um, a, a lot of it, just to just to reiterate, I mean, content is so important. And I think as a professional speaker, you know, it's not just having differentiated content, which you you you've got to have differentiated content, but you've also it also has to be you know, entertaining and mm. I think fun. And and so there are a lot of things I thought about. My particular story, Tom. My story, if I take you through everything that I've been through mm-hmm. and tell you everything that I've been through as a as a biography, it would be too heavy. Yeah. And so as a speaker, I have to weigh what's the blend of content that I want, meaning how do I create vulnerability with an audience up front mm-hmm. so that I can build a connection with them? But if I'm too vulnerable for too long, then it's almost depressing. So mm-hmm. so I have to use this mixture of what's the right ratio of vulnerability to create a connection with the audience, taking them through the real, the raw, the difficult uh, things that I've been through. But then how do I also make it fun and entertaining Mm -hmm. so that people come out feeling better, not worse. And so I use a lot of humor in my talks. And the other thing is, of course, you know, storytelling and differentiated content. You know, you've got to have unique content that other people aren't really, you know, you can't say the same things. You don't want to say cliches. Yeah. So it has to be unique content. It's got to be entertaining. It's got to be fun. And it's got to be real, right? It's got to be authentic to who you are. 
Yeah, perfect. And and you know, you won't nail that the first keynote you, you, you write. So you really do need to go out and test that content as well to see how it lands with the audience. Absolutely. Um, yeah, perfect. So a lot of speakers that I, I speak to on, on the podcast talk about the transition point from free speaker to paid speaker. Can you remember that back? And what was that transition like? And how difficult was it for you to ask to be paid to speak at, at, an, at an event? You know, it, it really wasn't that that challenging for me mm-hmm. because my background from a corporate standpoint is pricing. Yeah. And so that's what I've done for the last 15, 20 years of my career is pricing. So the first thing I needed to understand was the market for mm-hmm. speaker services. And so I did a lot of research on what that would be. And then once I, I realized that I had, had developed a craft, developed my craft well enough to where I was at least, you know, on par mm. with uh, with some of the other speakers out there. It really wasn't that challenging. It was just, for me, the hardest part was getting enough experience to where I felt like, you know, I've got enough speaking under my belt to where I feel like I can deliver a program that meets the client's needs. Because, you know, every client is different. Your program may be very similar across clients, but they need it customized. And so- yeah. How can you confidently build content that applies to lots of different audiences mm-hmm. and then customize it to an extent to meet each of their needs and deliver it in a way that really creates impact? Because you can have the best content in the world, but if you can't deliver it in a yeah. really engaging and entertaining way that feels natural, that feels organic, that feels authentic, then you're not going to get any referrals, right? So you mm. need to make sure that you're so comfortable delivering your content across many different situations that no matter what the ask is, you are going to really blow away your audience. And, you know, every time you speak, you know, you should walk away with you know, three to five referrals for your next speaking gig. Yeah, I love that. And th- there's a there's a book out there, The Referrable Speaker, um, which, which covers a lot of that. So it might be worth people checking that out as well. And um, last last couple of questions from me. I think, like I said, a lot of people listening are are aspiring speakers. So they're they're stuck in a place where they want to become a speaker. They think they've got a message, but they just maybe have a little bit of imposter syndrome that, that's holding them back. What advice would you give to them if, if to give them advice to, to kind of take that step to become a speaker? The hardest step is the first step. Mm. So, you know, when I talk, I talk about one of the topics that I speak on is visualizing greatness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all may have this bold vision of greatness for ourselves. But if you're focused on that big, scary goal, whatever that is, in this case, being a speaker, you know, sometimes that can be too intimidating. It can mm-hmm. prevent you from taking that first step. And that first step is the most important step. Yeah. And so how can you break down your bold vision of greatness into really bite-sized steps so that you can take the first step. So, you know, you want that bold vision of greatness that inspires you to take action, being a, you know, a paid professional keynote speaker. But -hmm. if you're focused on that the whole time, it can be too much. It can be too hard. So instead of thinking about that when it's time to take action, right, think about the next best action on your journey. And that really is, okay, let me think about, you know, what are stories in my life experiences that I've had that when I tell these stories to friends, I can tell they're always engaged in the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so let me mine my life for these stories that I can tell. Let me figure out what the points of those stories are. Cause 
you know, every story needs a point, every point needs a story. And then how do I weave those into a signature keynote and then get really comfortable telling those stories in a way that I think is going to create impact and make the point. And so you start off breaking it down into smaller bite-sized steps. What are those stories? What are the chunks of content that I want to deliver? What are the points I want to make? And then how do I weave that together in a cohesive narrative? I think that that really is the key. Yeah, I love that. And and, and you make a really good point. When we think of where we want to get, you know, I see these amazing keynote speakers and I think, that's not me you know I'm not that good who who am I to pretend who am I to think that I can stand up on stage and do what they can do but but that's that like you said it actually holds us back um so it's it's breaking it down to that first step and just taking action and you'll get there born like that they 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 weren't born like that I mean you know why they're that good is they've they've had reps they've had Mm -hmm. repetitions they've done it hundreds or thousands of times first time I did it compared to where I'm at today (laughs) it's night and day yeah right first time I got up there in front of a big audience, of course I was nervous, mm. right? Now I, I get, I always get a little nervous before I speak, but now when I get up and speak, I don't, I'm not nervous when I'm speaking, right? Yeah. Everything slows down and you're calm because you've, mm-hmm. and it's not because, you know, uh, it's not because I'm, it's magic. It's because I've, I've had so many experiences doing it that I'm used to it now. Mm. Yeah. And confidence comes from competence. So yeah, get out Absolutely. there and get those reps in. Perfect. Well, last question from me today is if anybody wants to book you as a speaker, find out more about you or in fact, buy your book, what is the, where's the best place for them to go online? Yeah. If they go to my website, which is chadefoster.com, mm. I've got videos there. There's book. If you click on the books link, it'll take you to where they can find my book, which is at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, where, where basically wherever books are sold, and yeah. there's an inquiry form there. They can they can watch my videos. They can inquire about speaking. Mm-hmm. I'm with uh, all the major bureaus or most of the major bureaus at this point too. So if they want to book me through a bureau, I'm available there as well. Whether it's, it's Kepler Speakers or Premier Speakers or you know American Program Bureau, I'm not sure exactly what you all use mainly in the UK, but those are some of the ones that are more popular here in the US fantastic great what i'll do as well is i'll i'll post links to all of those in the show notes so people can just click on that and and dive right in beautiful so chad thank you so much again for your time today really appreciate you coming along and sharing your story and such great advice with our audience my pleasure thanks Tom. 